Hi, John. Hey, Alex. Uh, do you know what I hate? What do you hate? The United Fruitcake Outlet. Really? I find their fruitcakes delicious. Yeah, but did you know it stands for UFO? What? The things that are inexplicably featured in the movie Repo Man. I was a man of my business when the devil walked in on me. Oh, no. Waving his hand said, come on, just follow me. <laughs> so I, I looked him in the eyes and I showed him to the door. Oh, no. And I told him to get lost because I've been there once before. Don't want to be reap, 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 repossessed. Reap, 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 So I just want to start out by saying, last week I posited the idea that I may have seen this movie. Like, I don't remember it, but it's like when I when I turn it on, I'm going to go, oh, this movie. I've never seen a fucking second of this film That's before. That's so surprising to me. And me too, because this is the exact kind of thing I would have watched when I was in high school. Uh-huh. It is, it is, and it is weird watching it as a 41-year-old man. Like thinking about how much this would have meant to me watching it as a kid, because <laughs> this is so subversive and punk rock and awesome. Yeah, for the time, you're nostalgic for memories that you don't even have. Yeah, well, it's just you know, there's other movies that I like that were like that. But oh yeah, I'm like, it's more like I'm annoyed that I didn't get a chance to love this movie because mm-hmm. I watched it and I enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah. But it, it's one of those like, man, if this is 20, 25 years ago, this would have been a fucking, this would have been a smash for me. Yeah. I, in in a, a much worse example, um, I just recently watched Phantasm 2 and I'm like, man, if I was a teenager and I saw this, I would have been about it. But that's like just a bad movie that like I was, I would have been the perfect age for where I think this is actually like a good movie, but like it really would have hit so hard if you saw it then. And I don't think I ended up seeing it really until my 20s. Or at least I, I or you know, I saw it and it kind of like glanced off me a bit. I like parts of it, but yeah, I still I still like it a lot. I I own a copy of it. It's great. I had a chance to see it at a drive-in last year. Oh really? Yeah. It's a fascinating movie. Yeah. It's it is. This might be the weirdest movie we've ever done. It's it's out there. It, it like not just that it's it's weird, but that it's it was released by a major studio. This isn't yeah. um, Frank D'Angelo being like, hey, I'm going to pay a bunch of money to hire people to hang out with me for a weekend. Um, this was a, an honest to God movie. Yeah. And, and it's got like real actors in it. And it's just it like the plot is. Yeah, it's just and it's cut in a I've made no points yet. I just keep saying words. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the, the podcast world. The style of cutting is much more modern than 85 or whenever this 84, when this came out, it's very quick. It mm-hmm. reminds me of modern films, which I think would have hit a lot harder, you know, just going back to the watching it while younger thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, this was just weird. I wasn't expecting Emilio Esvez to be like a punk rocker. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting aliens. Like yeah. none of this was, I thought I was expecting a gritty drama comedy about repo man. Yeah. And yeah, you, I mean, it was gritty. I got mm-hmm. that word right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something else, and it's it's nice. I think it's um, it's whole the weirdness of it. Like, never feels self conscious or forced. 
it it all like is yeah. just is is part of it. Doesn't feel like all right now we're being wacky, everybody. It's just part of the the whole. It, it's threaded into the whole tapestry very well. Yeah, it reminds me. It's kind of like a John Waters vibe, where it's like. No, I think this is just literally what he wants to do. He's not yeah. trying to be weird. Yeah. yeah, it's like I felt like the the only the closest thing I've seen to anything like that recently is is um, uh, Boots Riley's uh, "Sorry to Bother You," which was a lot more sort of like on its face about like its its politics and um, a, a little bit less subtext than I think that this movie has. But it it certainly is not as successful. But it it presented a whole bunch of weird ideas. But it very much felt like. Yeah, this is absolutely what this guy wanted to do. Like, this is, it's all out there. There's no, like, these are some notes from the studio or something. This just felt like distilled vision of this guy. One of the things I, I loved about this being 1984 is the way too long opening sequence where it's just vaguely computer graphic looking things. Uh -huh. And it's, it's like three minutes. I mean, it is. Yeah. You know, a long fucking time. Yeah, and it's not, big there's nothing scene. going on behind it. They were no rush to get this thing going. Yeah, just just here's some maps and some uh people's names. We'll get we'll get to it eventually. And when they do, it's uh it's weird because again, I'm expecting you know, like a I don't know, like a what was Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy? What was that? Forty eight hours. I was expecting like a forty eight hours kind of right. thing where it's like it's a comedy, but there's some stuff in it. I didn't expect it open to a guy getting pulled over and being vaporized by a magical thing in the back in the <laughs> by trunk. A trunk. Yeah. It's it's pretty great. It's so well cuz this movie like opened, I mean, audience kind of had the same reaction being like, "Oh, this is just weird." Cuz uh sorry. Uh it only opened for like a week and then Universal pulled it. And the only reason it oh, got really? any notification at all is because uh, or any notice at all is cuz the the soundtrack was great and people like started buying the soundtrack. And they're like, "Oh, okay." And then they sort of re-released it and then or at least the sound was great. It got people curious in the movie, and then cult movies and videos sort of became, you know, started becoming a thing, and so that gave it some some serious life as well. Uh, yeah, the soundtrack is really good. Like there's a fucking um, I forget who does it. Suicidal tendencies, maybe that. Like all I wanted was a Pepsi song. Mm -hmm. They they had that in there. It was like I was I wasn't expecting one. I didn't think that song was that old, but that's a pretty high end punk rock song for a movie that got theatrical released. Yeah. There's a lot of, well, Alex, Alex Cox who directed this film and wrote and directed it will downplay his sort of role in, in the punk scene at that time. But he was, he had a lot of friends in it and that's kind of why there's like the circle jerk show up as the band in the, um, I was wondering, I yeah. knew that was some band and I didn't get the joke. Cause I'm like, Oh, they must be doing Cause they're doing kind of punky songs done in a weird way. I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh, that must be a stunt casting. Yeah. Um, and like, in fact, like the, the, all the repo men were based on band members of the band fear, uh, that the, the main guy, not the main guy, but one of the, one of them, I was the dude that played Mr. Body in, um, clue the, the, from oh. the band fear, not the, uh, the people that, that played the repo men. Uh, but there was a lot of like the, the initial casting of, of auto was supposed to be this guy, Dick rude, who was like a, a big punk guy. And he, uh, He's the dude that, that plays the um, Duke, one of the the crime punks. Uh, yeah. He gets shot by the liquor store owner towards the end. But uh, he was supposed to play in Emilio Estevez, but then they're like, well, if we have Emilio Estevez, we could actually get some money and funding and stuff like that. Same thing with like um, Harry Dean Stanton uh, getting some, some names like that attached. Well, initially it was going to be like, I think Lance Henriksen was supposed to be either Bud or... Um, 
the I think I think uh, yeah I think Lance Henderson was supposed to be Bud, but there was going to be an issue there because Fox Harris, who plays uh, J. Frank Parnell, the crazy guy driving the Chevy Malibu that everyone's after, yeah, uh, in this movie, like they had a huge falling out over like a restaurant check. So Lance Henderson's like, I can't oh, really? work with this man. That's funny. So I don't know. I just realized uh, Alex Cox directed yeah. Sid and Nancy, which is like that's like a really well regarded yeah. film. He's done a ton of stuff. He's great. He he actually, um, I highly recommend looking these up too. He hosted this show, I think on the BBC called Videodrome, that was just like, it was like a late night, we're going to show you weird movies things. But he would do these intros, like introduce them and give them like history of the movie and talk about different stuff. And they're fascinating. I think someone preserved them all on archive.org. I think that's where they are, but they're just really neat to watch. Is he English? Yes. Because this movie feels kind of English. Well, it certainly has like a... a, um, foreigners look at American car culture kind of thing because uh yeah I don't think you could have made some of these same observations if you were just immersed in it the same way yeah I mean there's the plot as it as it as it stands it's it's confusing I mean it's it's a it's a tight movie it's only I mean it's under two hours yeah I think it's like an hour 36 or something uh hour 32 but yeah but it's basically that uh, as you said the the guy gets gets uh um a Chevrolet Malibu uh, driven by that J. Frank Parnell guy. Opening scene is driving down the road, gets pulled over by a cop. Guy driving, it seems really weird. So the cop is like, oh, open your trunk. And the cop opens the trunk and gets vaporized. Uh, and I love that effect where it just, it's a freeze frame. Oh, They've yeah. clearly drawn a skeleton over it. And then he disappears, leaving behind just flaming boots. It's like Mars Attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and apparently that was lifted from uh, a previous thing that, that Mike Nesmith, from the Monkees, who produced this movie, produced the previous movie. I was going to ask you that. I I forgot to make that note. I saw Michael Nesmith was a producer. Which, as an aside, I, like, I think Head is on. Because that, that director, Bob Raffleson, died recently. And he did. He was part of that that the Monkees movie, Head, that's completely just an acid trip oh, of a yeah, movie. Yeah. And I've been curious to recheck that out. But uh, you're introduced to... Uh, Emilio Estevez as Otto Maddox, which is a, a oh, great really name. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, and he's just like a young punk and he's working in a grocery store and he gets fired from that. And I guess, again, talking about casting stuff that the, the nerd, his nerd friend that keeps showing up, uh, Kevin, uh, played by this guy, Xander Schloss, who I've never heard of before, but initially that was Chris Penn. And I guess that wasn't working. Oh, out, really? So they got rid of him. Yeah. It was weird to think of Chris Penn in that role. Going back to the opening. Yeah, I just because this, I, there's no better part to talk about it. Who the fuck is that guy? Uh, Fox Harris, the guy driving the Malibu. Yeah, that's the 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 actor is Fox Harris. He's um no no I mean like in the movie like what what who is that like apparently this is some kind of space time travel narrative. Yeah. So who's the guy driving the Malibu in the beginning? Like where did he come from? Leela explains it later that he was just like, he's one of the operatives of the UF of the United Fruit Cake outlet. He got the alien bodies and he's trying to steal them away and bring them to the United Fruit Cake outlet, apparently, just to prove that aliens are real and get them away from the government. Oh, because like how odd he was acting. I'm like, is he a f- like a future alien? Like, I don't, I was, I think I missed that. I always took it as, because as, as we discover later on, because the, the aliens are in the trunk of this car, uh, as, as you discover, is that like, the car is super hot. Like the aliens are, are as as one character describes it, turning into mush, and it's they're releasing all this radiation. The car is super hot. So I just took it as like 
it's melting his brain like that. He's just got like oh, okay. advanced. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. He's got like, not what radiation sickness would actually do to you, but he's got movie radiation sickness. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's not the dude from RoboCop that gets splattered uh, by a car, but he's just like, his mind is. He's not going to slowly get uh, cancer over the next 20 years. It's yeah. His, his yeah. brain is literally melting. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's, it's alien radiation, but um, that's the worst kind. Anyway, Otto gets fired from his from his job. Um, mouths off to the supermarket guy. Gets fired. Um, goes hangs out with his punk friends, including his girlfriend, who ends up like immediately cheating on him with a friend of a different friend of his, that Duke guy. Well, here's here's another thread of this movie I wasn't expecting. There's a fair amount of cuckoldry and dudes getting off on being cucked in this movie. Yes. Oh yeah. Like the repo men, like have a conversation at one point about like. What, you don't like watching people, your friends have sex? He's like, ah, you know, my wife, I don't care. Like, there's a lot of, like, weird cucking. Because there's, yeah, there's the scene about that. And then uh, then there's the one later where they're like, at a bar and, like, all the repo men wives are hanging off of Otto. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, like, Oli or whatever is like, yeah, whatever. Hanging off him like flies on shit. Yeah, you are absolutely right. But yeah, so he gets his his uh, uh, girlfriend has been cheating on him with, with Duke. So he's like, ah, fuck this. And he leaves despondently, just stomping around and ends up running into Harry Dean Stanton, Bud, who tells him like, hey, my wife's super sick uh, or she, she's got to the hospital. She's she's got twins. She could pop at any moment, but uh, I, I need to give her a ride, but I can't leave her car in this bad part of town. Twenty five bucks if you'll help me. And Milo Estevez like they, they haggle a bit and then uh, Milo Estevez agrees to do it and turns out. As he like gets in the car and starts it up, this guy comes out and starts attacking him because they're repossessing a car, and he didn't know that at the time. But then they they drive to the to the impound yard, and sure enough, he gets introduced to these guys, and he is first is not having it because they are of course cogs in the machine for the man, and that's yeah. antithetical to punk stuff. But then they hand him money, and he's like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you were working at a grocery store before, dude. Calm yeah. down. Well, I also like that he before he decides to do that, he goes home and his folks. One of his dad, I believe, played by by Mike Nesmith, and his mom are sitting on the couch like smoking joints and watching a televangelist. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, remember how you you give me a thousand dollars if I finish school? Well, I'm gonna finish school." And he's like, "Well, I can't. I gave your money. We're buying Bibles for El Salvador, or whatever he says." Yeah, but I was gonna say I just like the line where he's like, "Yes," the televangelist is like, "Yes, I want your money because God wants your money." Yeah. Uh, that scene is one of the, the the early examples of there's a weird dystopian thing in this movie where all food and drink is labeled in the most plain, yeah, weird. So when he gets home, he eats from a can that's just labeled food. Yeah, there's like food, drink, and then like butyl nitrate or something. And you know, Alex Costa said that well, Ralph's the the uh, West Coast grocery store in California. Maybe I've never seen one outside of. I've never seen one at all, but I know they, they exist in California. That they just donated them, so that's why he used them. But they had those things kind of – the the labels designed. Um, I think you could probably go, you know make a larger point about sort of consumerism and, and that kind of thing. As this movie frequently does, particularly about like cars. But yeah, all the sort of the basic stuff is just like whatever. It's food. Yeah. But I do like that, that runner. There's a lot of like – this movie really rewards repeat viewings. There's tons of little things throughout it like – Particularly after um, the the weirdo character Miller starts talking about his his lattice work of coincidences and plate yes. of shrimp, that you'll see that stuff in backgrounds and stuff throughout. 
The um the lattice work of coincidence I, I really enjoyed because like he sets up the whole movie mm-hmm. and like I noticed is like the, oh he's the crazy guy that's gonna turn out to be right at the end. Which I, you know, I'm I'm fixing my tie right now, saying, of course I saw that coming. But uh, <laughs> that made me think of like, oh man, I at least should rewatch that scene at some point because it, it really is one of those. I like things that kind of lay it out for you, but you don't really. It doesn't matter because yes. it's fucking bananas. Yeah. yeah. Um. But because of he he no longer has any ability to get money, Otto decides to become a repo man, and like as as Alex Cox put it, basically that this is a movie about a punk getting sucked up by a reactionary job. And he doesn't even have to change his haircut. He just has to change his shirt. Yeah. Because uh, he starts <laughs> like dressing more and more conservatively throughout it because Harry Dean Stanton, when he, and this, this sequence when, when Harry Dean Stanton and the other repo man, but it's mainly Harry Dean Stanton's butt is laying out what it's like to be a repo man. And the code, and you just basically, it's the same conversation that's happening like over days. Like you just, it's the, the conversation is ongoing, but in this scene, it's night and the next scene it's day and whatever, but it's all just like one straight yeah. line of thought. Um, and there's so many like great quotable lines in that whole thing. This uh, movie is super tightly written. Like there is yeah. like the, it is snappy and fun and quick acerbic. Like I am, I am, I got my thesaurus open. I'm reading all sorts of words <laughs> out of it. Uh, I love when the first beats Harry Dean Stan. One, just Harry Dean Stan. He's, he's a fucking gem. Mm-hmm. But he's like, oh, repo better on speed. He's like, you got any speed? And it just cuts to them just doing lines of speed. Yeah. Like that. And then I love that Harry Dean Stan just, he, he's like, hey, you want to go grab a drink? Three or four times. That's his solution to like, oh, I did something. Want to go grab a drink? Yeah. And it's not like they go to a bar. They go to the fucking liquor store. And his, I mean, in his dream is to open another repo, like open a repo man place for himself to not work for anyone else. It's like just this tiny, tiny little dream. And that's all he cares about. Th- that sequence is just fantastic. And this movie looks great. I was really struck by that this time, like the colors and, and, yeah. and whatever just look fantastic. And for a dude, it's like pretty much it was Alex Cox's like directorial debut. I think he made like a shorter film ahead of this, but <coughs> it's very impressive. Um, just right off the yeah, and it, and it holds up super well because like the uh, the stuff that ages poorly was done in a chintzy funny way in the first place. Yeah, so it's not like they did top the line special effects, but like all the car stunts look good. Like the squib work is fine. Like mm-hmm. it really it really does like still feel like a a watchable film. Yeah, which is it, there's a lot of that sounds like such faint praise, but I mean a lot of stuff that tried really hard in 1984. It's rough to that watch this many years up, yeah. later. Well, it's also, I think, kind of helps because it is definitely a snapshot of the time. For being a, a sort of a weird, I, I've heard it described as like an apocalypse movie with no apocalypse, a punk movie with no concert. But it, it is also just like a snapshot of that area at that time. Like this is in the middle of, of Reaganomics and all that. And so I think some of, some of living through some of that same kind of stuff of like feeling like the society is crumbling around you uh, yeah. also helps. And I just love I it's it's dumb and comic booky, but I love the name Edge City. That's where this you know fictionally takes place. Oh wow! Because he gets off a bus that's and it's Edge City Productions. But I just that's a that's a great name. That's what I say when I'm masturbating all day. It's like it's, yeah, I'm just hanging out in Edge City. <laughs> Edge City, baby. But uh, it's actually but it's uh, Edge City is a term that originated in the United States for concentration of businesses, shopping, and entertainment outside of traditional downtown. But I think it was actually supposed to be the name of. Of this place. Oh, it's also, that's where the mask is, uh, lives, takes place. Like Rocky Dennis? Uh, no, the, the fun one. Yeah. Rocky Dennis. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, the Cuban Pete one, the oh, Jim Carrey okay. one. Yeah. Yeah. He's the king of the Rama beat. 
It's yeah. chick, chicky, boom, chick, chicky, boom, chick, chicky, boom. That's correct. Uh, it is. We should do that one. When I was young, I watched The Mask a lot. Yeah. He begins his life as a repo man. Otto does repossessing stuff. And I love, like, he get when he goes to the repo man shop at the beginning, like, I just like that that introduction of all of them. Like, because it is this weird sort of camaraderie. Yeah. Outside, it's sort of what he's looking for with this punk stuff, where it's like this is a group of people outside of society, but very much a part of it, like very much a cog in the machine of this whole thing. Like they like is Harry Dean Stanton's whole thing about like making repo men sound chivalrous and all this stuff, and it's like you just take cars from poor people that can't afford yeah. them. Well, I like how Harry Dean Stanton is like you know this kind of he's white knighting himself a little bit, and then the black guy repo man is like. Hey, don't mess with them. They're just stealing cars like we are. Like yeah. he's just the total other side of it. It's like, yeah, we're just car thieves, but we're allowed to do it. It's great. Yeah, there's basically like the, the, there's a through line of this movie of like nothing means anything. You know, like all these ethos that you want to ascribe to, it's all just nonsense. And particularly like for most people, it will crumble as soon as money is involved. Yeah. And I think that's something that that comes up a lot is that it's really at the end of the day, it's money. I like the, uh, the the gimmick that Harry Dean Stanton uses. I forget it was Harry Dean Stanton, but like the one where he puts a dead rat in the lady's car and the idea was that she was supposed to freak out and run away, but she's like, yeah. Ew, what what the fuck is this? Yeah, no, that was that was Miller. That was the the uh, the other guy. But yeah, it's, it's a trick that they only use with women where he, he throws a dead rat in the car and that's supposed to make them like freak out and abandon the car. But instead she just maces Emilio Estevez. Yeah. And she's got like a, like a thick kind of like German-Russian kind of accent. She's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I also like the, the runner in this that uh, people are reading uh, uh, diuretics yes. instead of Dianetics, which is such an 80s joke. And sadly, that re- and the, the heaviest of heavy quotes, religion, is still around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very funny that, like I don't know, that it was that far back. I mean, I remember seeing the Dianetics ads on TV. I just thought it was cool because it had a volcano in it. Yeah, the volcano going off. I remember that very well. Yeah, it's like in a different, there's a different world where I have, based on these sort of like CG commercials, I have joined Scientology and also in part of the Marines and I'm angry I'm not fighting on a giant chessboard. Because yes. those two, that ad was so cool. Yeah, it's weird that there was ads for Diana, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> the 80s, the 80s were fucking weird. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know if there's still our church for the Latter-day Saints, but that was a big thing, too. Yeah, I think just the ads for Scientology is just a, such a str- it's yeah. such a strange thing to think back on, that that was just like, that was in our head. Yeah, but uh, in doing his, his duties as a repo man, which is night and day, uh, if you ask Bud, he's, he sees this woman running down the street, um, Leela, and um, I, I should know if it's Leela or Layla. But, uh, Multi-pass. Uh, yeah. But uh, multi past John Corbin because he's just no, he's Corbin this... Dallas, not John Corbin. Jesus Christ, <laughs> John... Alex. Northern exposure. Yeah, I know that's literally yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, oh, before I guess I should back it before we we get to that is there's the great scene where we're introduced to the Rodriguez brothers and they're in the fantastic L.A. basin that like oh yeah the tur- the the truck race from Terminator Two or the truck the truck escape from Terminator Two the end of Buckaroo Banzai all greats. But I always love just when anything happens down there. That was one of those places that, like, I was quite old when I realized that's a real thing. Yeah. I don't know why. It just, like, I just thought that was, I don't know, some abandoned thing. Like, I didn't realize it was, like, I know that's, like, in L.A. It's, like, an aqueduct or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that's, like, functional part of the city. In my head, I just thought it was, I don't know, they built a set, you know? Yeah. The, also, the like, the first thing, honestly, I think of when uh, 
I see that location is Paula Abdul had a music video for a song of hers called Rush Rush that was basically just like a ripoff of Rebel Without a Cause that Keanu Reeves is in. And I think there's a scene that happens down there. And I always go, oh, "Oh, from the Paula Abdul video. Was there an animated cat in that one? There was not. not, uh, MC Scat Cat was not. I think this was, no, this was post MC Scat Cat, I think. I don't know. I I ain't watching it. I only watch MC Scat Cat based videos. (laughs) Yes, I know. Different. I think we're talking about two different scat cats. But yeah, he he ends up getting embroiled in um, meets this woman, gets embroiled in this sort of pursuit of aliens that she tells him. He drives her to the United Fruit Cake Outlet, and uh, she lets him know that these. She hides in the uh, ducks down the car because these like blonde dudes with mirrored sunglasses. And I like that runner too. How all the feds look exactly the same. Oh yeah. And she's like, well, they're after me because I'm trying to, um, we have proof of aliens and one of the, this guy is driving the aliens in the trunk. He's going to bring us their dead bodies and oh my gosh, it's going to be huge. And he's just, Otto, of course, is just having sex with her. He does not really care. There, there's a couple of times in this movie where the beat goes something like this. Hey, uh, no, no. You want to go out with me? No. Wait a second. You want to fuck in the backseat? Yeah. Like there's just this kind of like, <laughs> is this thing going to happen? No. Ah, okay. Actually, this thing is going to happen. It's yeah. such a, like just this movie like keeps you on its, t- on your toes. Yeah. And, and I kind of like that because it is very much like, it, it's very true of Otto. He's like, no, I don't want to be in a relationship, uh, but you know, I'm still going to try to have sex with you because I want to. She actually does. And uh, uh, unexpected move for sure. But anyway, it's not too long after that that they start doing the the Chevy Malibu gets on the radar of all the repo men, and it is worth twenty thousand dollars. What do you think that is in today money? Boy, a hundred grand, maybe. I don't know. I'm so bad with any with with numbers and money. Um, I could not tell you, but yeah, it was certainly it's certainly it's it's funny because it's either like, well, that's an insane amount of money. And so we got to get it or it's like, yeah, that's a decent amount of money, but it's enough for these people to be, to lose their minds. about. Cause like, like Harry Dean Stanton's big dream. The other guy Miller tells him like, you can't do all that on $20,000. He's like, yeah, if you know some people you can. Yeah. Yeah. I got good credit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got Um, good credit. That's it. You know what? I I think this happens before. Well, whatever. I'm just going to point it out. When, uh, Otto is hanging out talking to what's Harry Dean Stanton's name. I want to call him. Bud. But when all, the, all the repo the men the are are named after beers. There's Bud Miller, Oli, and a Light, I think. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. He's like, oh, they got that in Russia. He's like, they don't pay for anything in Russia. He's like, what are you, a commie? No commies in my car. No Christians either. <laughs> <laughs> Which that is for fucking 1984. That is some yeah. subversive ass shit. Yeah. It's very, like, it, it is funny, like, that thing where, where Emilio Estevez, when he steals his first car, there's one of those little dashboard Marys on it, and he just, like, pulls it out and throws it out the window. I, I kind of felt bad about that, being raised <laughs> Catholic. I had, like, a weird, like, hey! Yeah, yeah, you still have that in you, because you, you learned it when you were a kid, and it's hard to get rid of. Yeah, I would like to, though, because, uh, you know, that was child abuse. <laughs> Don't raise your kids, Christian. <laughs> yeah, the, and you're kind of introduced to, at this, the, the head of the people that are looking for the UFO there part of the government is this woman with a metal hand and that's never really explained or got into but that's fine it's just weird and because it I also like because at first it looks like she's just wearing a michael jackson sparkly yeah. glove but it's actually just a lattice glove over her metal hand her sparkly metal hand yeah and you know for no reason which is great and also you know just yeah that's just technology we have why not the uh the club at one point and the uh the punks are getting super high and they just start like kissing her metal hand yeah the 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 punks we I, I, by this point we we are also introduced to the the fact that 
his Otto's buddy Duke and his uh, ex girlfriend Debbie uh, and this other guy uh, Archie, played by uh, Michael Sandoval. If you've ever seen Barry, he's the the head of the Bolivians in that. And he's played like drug dealers and all this other stuff. And it was funny because when he walked in, there's a um, he was interviewed on one of the bonus features of the, of the Blu-ray, and he's talking about when he walked in and he was auditioned to be one of the Rodriguez brothers. And Alex Cox is me like, no, you're all wrong. No, before like he even talked. And then um, I forget what, what he said, but then Alex Cox is like, wait a minute, can you talk like this? He's like, yeah, I can. He's like, cool, now jump up on this car. And he could have like, great, you're that guy now. You're in the, <laughs> based on just being able to do the voice and jump onto a car. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it all, it all worked out. Fuck yeah, you got the gig though. But they're, they're, they're doing crimes uh, and, and ripping people off. And I like that, that through line with them just about how, Again, like just this pursuit of money, and that's not like we're, we're interested in like crushing the man or whatever. It's just they're robbing, yeah, liquor stores or or the great, um, the great line is like, yeah, let's go get sushi and not pay. Yeah, it's a terrific line. Yeah, that's 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 fucking crimes right there. But also, they're just people are just wantingly shooting each other too. So like, it's yeah. When uh, at the end, when it's uh, Duke gets gets killed, and he's like, yeah, he's just like, I I blame society for my crimes and. Otto's like, you were, oh, yeah, you're yeah. a punk suburban white kid like me. Like, what are you talking about? And it's like, yeah. Man, yeah, no, it was funny. Yeah, because he's still like, hurts. I made the choice. Yeah, I made the choice to be do all these crimes. That's what got me here. But he still believes society. Yeah. It's fun. Which I think is, I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's funny because it's sort of a, a, a double-edged thing because, yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, like, he's just as lost as everybody else. Yeah. Because, like, there's that, there's that little moment with him, with Duke and Debbie, where by this time, Archie that we talked about earlier has, has gone. This is close to the end of the movie, but where they're like doing poppers or whatever in the car. And he's like, like, you know, we should get married and settle down. I want you to have my baby. And she's like, why? He's like, I don't know. Everyone else is doing it. I kind of felt bad for that guy. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted them to get together. You know what scene I loved? We're, we're somewhere around this part of the movie where Layla. Sure. Calls the weird guy that was driving the Malibu. And he's using a scrambler. <laughs> yes. He goes, I can't hear you. I'm using a scrambler. And all I heard was, you'll have to speak up. I just got out of the shower. Yeah, I'm wearing a towel. <laughs> to the Simpsons. Yeah. Um, I, I, that scene is so fucking funny. Because one, for some reason, a scrambler makes him not hear her. Mm-hmm. Two, the scrambler so bad that none of his words work. And three, they're within... 60 feet of each other in two different fucking photos. She's watching him make this call. Yeah. It's so great. I I don't know. That like really tickled me. Yeah. I also like the weird, like they don't go into it too much because they, they talk about, we mentioned the Rodriguez brothers at the beginning and that they're like rival repo men basically. And, but the, the woman that works for this, like the receptionist at helping hands repossession, which is where, um, or helping hands acceptance corporation where the the repo men work that she's like friends with the Rodriguez brothers because because uh, she's over there um, yeah like when they're when like the, the Chevy Malibu stuff comes up she's over there smoking weed with them and and hanging out well it makes sense I mean they're in the same line of business yeah. like, there's no reason to there's no reason to, to like hunt each other but just like the, the but I do like just that the way that they they shroud her in mystery without really like spending too much time on it because. Yeah, she's kind of this double agent kind of thing, and then uh, you know Miller has that line about like, uh, or no, I'm sorry, it's he's light. Anyway, that um, you know, light has a thing about dating her early on and like figuring out what she was about, and it's kind of just left there. 
but I, and it's not really pursued. Doesn't really matter the whole thing, but I just like, it's one of those many threads that make this thing up. And, and I like that a movie is willing to do that. We, we kind of touched on it, but I love that when they go to like the punk rock bar with the, what was it, the circle jerks mm-hmm. are playing. It is so not punk, but it feels really punky. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but mm. everything about this movie is done so kind of in like a punk rock fuck you style that like even dudes in like sombreros doing like a weird laid back version of songs is still like, man, this is punk as fuck. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, it's hard to think about now, particularly in Portland, but like dive bars were more than just an aesthetic. You know what I mean? Like you could go to an actual dive bar and it would sort of feel and look like that. And that had like a punk helmet to it rather than just being the sort of like curated thing to look and feel like that. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the punks, one of the, the lead one meets his end by, he, he's laughing at his friend because the trunk was too hot. And he's like, oh, did Dookie Wookie hurt his little hand? And then he gets sci-fi zapped to death. Uh, yeah. That's great. Wasn't expecting that in this movie. Yeah. This, uh, yeah not, a, not a big uh, body count in this movie, but uh, anytime that, that anyone gets zapped by the by the aliens, uh, I love it. And it's not it's not really clear why that's happening. It's just the alien radiation is bad for you, which is why I, I took that that's what was happening to, uh, to Jay Parnell. Because eventually, I mean, a lot of it is, is them... It's just Emilio Estevez. Just his life is a is a um, repo man. There's the, there's a great scene where he's like uh, trying to con, not con, but you know, talk to the old woman and like her son and his band show up, oh, yeah. uh, and just like he's super awkward about it. Uh, that's a great that's a great moment. Yeah, that's how he gets the shit kicked out of him outside of that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because he go, he tries to steal it anyway, and then they they come and get him. There was a great um, around here. There's a great like little um, car sequence where on the on the highway, the Rodriguez brothers spot the Malibu, mm-hmm. but then uh, Bud comes rolling up. I think all four of the repo people are in that car, and there's just this three way weird chase is the wrong word, but car sequence. Yeah, <laughs> what what's great about that is so yeah it, that that all kicks off because Emilio Estevez has his uh, auto has apparently gotten into some like fracas or something, and he's. He's got like a bit of a bruised face and they're all the repo men are like, who did this to you? They're all hanging out, cutting Miller's hair and like drinking oh, yeah. and, and talking wise. And that's where they have the whole conversation about, yeah, I like watching my friends have sex with women. Um, yeah. Cause that's the whole thing about like John Wayne, because they're like, we, we got to go. We can't go to the cops about auto getting beat up. We have to go, uh, you know, it's the repo man code. We protect our own and we got to go get him. And Otto just tells him it was his old boss at the, at the grocery store. And so they just go beat up his boss. I couldn't remember who that was. Yeah. Like, I know there was somebody in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all. And so when they're driving back, they're all wearing hats that say sheriff on it. And they just, it's yeah, such funny. a bizarre moment. Um, but it's so much fun. And I think that's, that's a thing that, uh, that this movie I think does very well. And, and what I was clumsily trying to allude to earlier with the sorry to bother you is that like, sorry to bother you is a little, is much more like on its face about its politics. Whereas this is like, this is just a dumb, weird movie that you can enjoy, but if you really want to pay attention to it, there's underlying threads and like yeah. commentary here. But if you just want to be a dumb punk about it and watch it, this is going to be so much fun. Uh, when I one of the things that I really like about this, I was saying before about like how quick cuts are, but like just how quick the scenes are. Like, there's a scene around here where Otto gets kidnapped and tied to a table, and he's going to be like electric shocked interrogation. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like 35 seconds. And then just for some reason, the Rodriguez brothers and what's her butt yeah. come in and save up. Like, it's just everything's happening just constantly. And there's no way to really catch up yeah. with the movie. And it's it really leads to a nice pacing. Like, like I only paused the movie once. And that's because I was having a panic attack and had to go outside <laughs> and take a walk. But I would have sat through this whole movie uh, were my brain functional. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's that, that also just works for the whole thing about, you know, the life of a Repo Man and Repo Man being on speed and... Uh, the repo life of repo man is always intense, but yeah, it's so that, so that the plot definitely keeps up with that is, as well. Um, I, sorry, I was just, I got sidetracked. I was thinking about his other buds, other thing in that moment, talking about, they, they see some dudes dressed in like tennis whites arguing with a tow truck driver who was taking their car and bud gives the, the, the famous speech about, um, ordinary fucking people. You know, I hate them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I like that moment just because it is when you watch it, it's one of those like Holden Caulfield moments where like when I watched it when I was a kid, you know, when I was younger. I was like, yeah. And then you like get old and you're like, yeah, you guys are just ordinary people too. You know, like you live this yeah. weird life, but you're just chasing the money and, and doing all that stuff too. Except for, except for Miller uh, who doesn't drive. And um, we, we mentioned him earlier, but yeah, he gives a whole speech after they, they get one of the cars there. It's just the scene of him, uh, of a Miller and, Otto standing around this burn barrel, like throwing stuff apparently that was in the car because it's like an apron. Uh, yeah, there's a like shirt. a sombrero. Yeah, just, yeah. just like weird stuff. Is Otto gives this whole speech about the nature of the universe, just like he says it's a lattice work of coincidences. Like you can say, say you think about plate of shrimp, and then you'll hear someone say plate or see a plate of shrimp or something like that. And um, like you said, it, it really lays it out very nicely one of the competing philosophies in this movie that I, I don't think it's ever solved necessarily. Like it's, it's not, I, I guess I don't feel like, like Miller was 100% right because his philosophy is basically just like, yeah, stuff's going to happen. Let's just kind of go with it. Yeah. Versus like the weird sort of like faux chivalry of, of the, uh, of Dean Stanton and, and Bud, but it is sort of true that like, Look, stuff's just going to happen. It's all weird. Like trying to have an ethos about any of it is dumb. I don't know. It's it's a movie that it feels more like a um, a conversation about these sort of themes rather than being like, no, this is right. This yeah. is the this is the end result, and this is correct. And I think that's kind of the movie yeah. isn't preaching at you mm, exactly, it, it, which is nice. Yeah, it's just kind of introducing concepts and letting you run with it. Yeah, it's and almost really like, you don't even have to. You could just yeah. watch the movie yeah. and not care. Yeah, it's so much fun. Uh, and it, like you said, it's it's a it's super quick paced and, and very breezy. Uh, yeah, but, but very dense. So we, uh, we, uh, we talked about the shootout a lot uh, earlier cause that's where his friend dies, but Harry Dean Stan gets shot sort of in the head, some mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit in the head. <laughs> and they, skosh. Yeah. They end up uh, going to the hospital and that's kind of where the ending sequence happens where I don't, I don't know if Bud knew the Malibu was outside, but basically he ends up inside of the, incredibly now glowing green (laughs) with radiation Malibu and Emilio Estevez talks him out of it, which it's, yeah, this whole sequence is kind of great of their like relationship and where it's at. Yeah. Well, it's also the, the, the weird thing about how it's raining ice over the Malibu in that scene as well. Cause he's pulling up, there's like a radio, there's a news report on the radio of like random, uh, uh, areas of, of LA or, uh, edge city or whatever. There's small little pockets of raining ice. And when he walks up, yeah, there's just ice raining down. It just stops, but it just sets up a neat little moment. Um, yeah. But yeah, that like, Bud in that moment kind of goes like, man, this is all 
this has all been dumb. This has all been pointless. Uh, but he's still like, he doesn't give it up because when, when the feds descend on him, they're like, get out of the car from a helicopter, shout at him. He gets out of the car and like pulls a gun on them and shoots, they shoot him. And he says, uh, what he, the, I don't know, was it Zapato, the, uh, better to live, to live, die on my feet than to live on my knees. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who that is, but I remember that quote from this movie. Yeah. So I think you're thinking about quoting Harry Dean Stanton. I was probably thinking about quoting him. Yeah. But I just like that he's like, he's like, ah, this is all bullshit. No, I'm still going to fight for it anyway. That that's. Yeah. I felt bad for him though. You know, it's getting gut shot like that. I, he's like his desperation in this movie is, is wonderful, which is a weird sentence to say, but, um, like just his, like just the sweaty intensity that he has to have, just like the, the bit where apparently like, you know, he and Otto, their, their relationship is strained and he's like talking about like, we don't communicate anymore. There's just like they, that. You honestly feel bad for him, even though he's just in the middle yeah. of like just this speed rant, um, speed fueled rant, but it's yeah. He, uh, Harry Dean Stanton enough. Can't be said about how great an actor that guy is. He was one of the best. Good, good guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know anything about him as a human, but yeah, good actor. Outside the hospital, I like the set piece of, so the car is super glowing. Harry Dean Stanton's got shot on the ground and the dudes in hazmat suits show up, but also the televangelist that we've seen a few times yeah. over the course of the movie shows up and uh, gets his Bible shot by radiation lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, is great. I highly recommend also just if, if you have headphones or really good sound system, like the weird little um, dialogue that any of the feds have. Is just very funny. It's not like like jokes, oh, but just yeah. like the way they talk. They're just like, I don't know. It just yeah. They were like early, for example, earlier in the movie, the hazmat guys were picking up a dead body, and he's going, "Well, you know, it feels like the body. I'm bending down to pick up the body, and it feels like the body's only been dead for a few hours." And he's just sort of like third person narrating it, and it's really yeah, it's really weird. Like sometimes it feels like they're just like samples from an industrial song. You know what I mean? Like it's that same yeah. kind of thing where it's like they just dropped in dialogue here and there. But um, and it's it's very like even at the end when the two guys are talking and the one guy's talking about like this is it's not really a job. It's a calling. And the other guy's just reading out numbers while like the, the car is glowing and electrifying. Yeah. Just this completely oblivious to what else is going on. It's it's very bizarre. But again, like it, it kind of works it, with the whole like the feel of it. It just it uh, uh, I, I really like that element of it. And the the end of the movie is the that guy actor that was talking about the lattice work of shrimp Miller gets into the car. He's fine, even though we've seen the car attack other people with its radiation. And then Emilio Esper goes, "Yeah, I guess I'll do this too." Yeah, and they just they grease their way across the sky. Yeah, it's almost like the two thousand one thing where you see you see Emilio Estevez's face and like the these, the lights are are flashing above him, the the city lights as they fly above it and. Uh, yeah, there's no real cl- – now, Miller beforehand had a whole thing about how UFOs and time machines are the same thing because how did there get to be so many people? Well, those people are from the future and any disappearances that happen are people being pulled into the past. So yeah. did they go to the past? I don't know. What happens next? I don't know. But the life of the repo man is always intense and so it's going to – whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You just got to be well, ready we can only we can only hope that – all these are answered in Repo Chick and, from 2008 or yeah. whatever. Yeah, we just discovered in in preparing, like getting ready to set up to record that uh, Alex Cox, who's made a bunch of great movies like Sid and Nancy, uh, 
uh, Walker, a uh, bunch of stuff. He made like a bunch of these like tiny. What did what did you call them? Micro features. Uh, um, I don't remember what he. I don't remember what he referred to it as. Yeah, but it was on, it was on the Wikipedia. But there was one called Repo Check, and it just the little trailer that that played on IMDb that we just sort of glanced at looked uh, not good. But uh, I'm still kind of curious. He's built up enough goodwill for me that I've been wanting to watch more of his like his more feature work that I just haven't seen much of. But uh, maybe not go that far. I may at some point. That's I'm vaguely interested. Yeah. Uh, I yeah I really enjoyed this. This was a this was a fun movie. Uh, uh, well done. I think Steph's quick Steph Quick's brother may have suggested yeah. this. Uh, possibly. By the way, wh- whoever did, thanks. It's, uh, I enjoyed watching this. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, you we, we could we could have uh, taken a lot more time to go like really get uh, uh, academic about some of the themes like that. But at the same time, this this movie, I don't want to because it's it's just yeah. fun. Like all that stuff's there and it's great and look for it. But you could just sit back and enjoy it first and um, then come back. <laughs> Yeah, and let's face it, people aren't tuning into John and Alex hate stuff for academic discussions no, I, on the. Yep. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm barely coherent. How am I going to have an academic discussion about? Yeah, I fine. I just sit here and just wait to make cumsies jokes. Yeah, it's it's yeah, we're both messes. Speaking about things that aren't a mess, do you have anything to recommend to the audience? I do, uh, and it kind of is a mess. Um, so with the uh, uh, prey having just come out, I went back and revisited Predator Two, and oh my god, that movie rules! I it is I have. Oh, I was gonna say it is so much different than I remember it. Like I kind of remember, but it's just it is a reactionary fever dream. Apparently, and I've been told like it's very similar to like how the comics actually were, like that that like this story arc of the comics. Um, but uh, it's it's just like one of those like ridiculous like action video action movies that like get parodied but it's got aliens in it um it's absurd and magical in so many ways uh, and again remember, like very pretty looking i remember loving it i remember that scene where the predator like uses like uh drywall and his and his predator yes. magic stuff to like fill up a wound in his side yes. i think it was yeah i it's danny glover being being Danny Glover, yeah. I re- I remember really enjoying Predator Two. I mean, I haven't seen it in I couldn't even begin to tell you how long, but I used to I enjoyed that movie. Well, what's so funny about that is because it's it's L.A. and and Danny Glover's character is a tough cop who has a, a lot of use of force <laughs> issues, which yeah. now is like that's not a good trait to have. But in the in the eighties nineties, yeah, it rules. But the way you know Danny Glover's got this very like raspy voice. And he is like big as hell in that movie. Like just his acting is so huge. And but he's still got this very like raspy voice. So it kind of like is this quiet counterpoint. So it's almost like insane cop ASMR. Uh that, yeah. that works really well. But uh yeah, highly recommend Predator 2. Just a bonkers good time. I am going to recommend the thing that every other human on the planet is watching right now, that being Netflix's The Sandman. Uh, based on the Neil Gaiman DC Comics, I think it was DC. Mm-hmm. Really, I watched. The, so I was a big Neil Gaiman fan in high school and college. Read the first few of his books, but read a lot of his comics, and I loved the the Sandman. So this was something I was a little hesitant to go into, and yeah, really enjoyed. I've seen the first four episodes, and 
it's great so far. The casting's great. Um, they combine um, Constantine in this. There's it's Joanna Constantine played by um, Clara Oswald from uh, Doctor Who. I can't think of the actress's name, but. Hmm. she's terrific as it. And I think she's kind of combining Joanna Constantine and John Constantine into one character because the backstory is John Constantine's character. But anyway, it's they're changing something I find beloved and I'm agreeing with it. So there's there's an actual Joanna Constantine. I think that's her name. Yeah, there's a lady Constantine in the books. Oh, I I mean, I don't know that much about Constantine. So I just know I just knew there was some like some gender and race walks like that. And I haven't heard too many people grousing about it. So. Yeah, apparently death is, uh, like, black mm-hmm. in this, which I don't care. But, yeah, people got mad at that. Sure. And I don't really understand why. I mean, there's literally a comics arc in the comic books where Dream is, like, a, a, a an African uh, warrior from yeah. thousands of years ago. Like, that's in the book. It's, like, established canon that race doesn't – it's not It's not real. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think it's just – I think it's just nerds that had crushes on Susie Sue and are now bummed about it, you know, like, I wanted yeah, to Yeah, I mean – You I, have Susie Sue. I'm not Sue, bummed about fine. it, but it, it's – it's yeah, I mean, it's not – it's it's not immediately my, like, high school boner, but uh, they didn't make the show to please my my, <laughs> yeah. my manhood. They need to make yeah. more things for, for very sad 40-year-old men like us. Why are yeah, they doing Yeah, yeah, I mean, like – most of the internet is designed around pleasing us. Yeah. I'm okay with like giving giving a little bit away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been real curious because I've just heard nothing but good things about this, and I I too have read the series, but I haven't checked it out yet. I can't speak past like episode four, but I, I yeah, enjoying it so far. Excellent. So, John, what would you like to watch for next episode of John and Alex Eight Stuff? Well, I tell you, like all this action in Repo Man has left me kind of hungry. And I could go for uh, thinking maybe some pizza. Well, what kind of pizza are you thinking? Well, much like my political heroes, the Ninja Turtles, I like a lot of weird stuff in my pizza. And I think I'd like some licorice pizza. Hmm. I think that's fine. Oh, also, licorice pizza just means a record. Oh. You fucking idiot. Well, I'm going to eat one of those too. Genius. All right. Fair enough. Looks like I got served. Yeah, so we're watching uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza, uh, the very not problematic at all movie that came out very recently. <laughs> Apparently, people had a problem with the uh, age gap in the in the film. There were a few things people had an issue with, and we'll probably get into it. Uh, oh, I didn't know there was a few. All right, good. Yeah. Looking forward to talk about that next time. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter at uh, Jaws Pod, and we are John Knox Hate Stuff on Facebook. So feel free to uh, comment at us, tell us to watch this movie. Um, we will put it down on the list and every now and again, we'll watch one that you've suggested and then likely forget your name. <laughs> and one of them, one of them, I swear to God, sooner than later, will be step up 3d. Eventually. Yeah, eventually we will watch step up 3d. It'll happen. If, if just in case she stopped listening. I still, yes. I still want to do it. All right. So until next time. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>